Monday, everyone. I am so glad you guys are joining us. I hope you enjoyed your Sunday. I know I did, but uh, I wasn't really hoping for the big, let's just say, uh, Kansas City win. Uh, ultimately, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, and so I was not very happy to see her enjoying herself a little too much. But I know our friends over at Flyover Conservatives were really enjoying the game. They are massive Kansas City fans, and so congratulations on your Super Bowl victory. It's exciting, I guess. Anyways, let's fast forward to something else. I'll get that one. Let's fast forward to something else. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do a complete change in everything right now. I'm gonna bring up something that's very, very scary. We're gonna read over some headlines, and the first one that's up is horrifying for many of you. Kamala Harris says she's ready to be president of the United States. And heck yeah, that's scary. According to the Wall Street Journal, she's telling people that she's ready to step in as president because of, you know, Joe Biden's age issues. As many of you recall, last week we were discussing the uh, the special prosecutor's report saying that Joe, Joe Biden is too old and senile to face criminal charges related to his classified documents case. And so now literally the corporate media world is throwing him under the bus. I want to bring in somebody who knows how to deal with crises like this one that we're all facing now. Let's bring in Allie Thomas. She is the former director of operations for Congressman Matt Gates. She is also a crisis manager. She unofficially manages all my crises, but we won't talk about those on air right now. Allie, thanks for jumping on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So we're almost three and a half years into the presidency, and she hasn't stepped up and been ready to serve in her current position as vice president. So I don't know how we're jumping the ladder. You know, people have speculated a lot on how she got up there. I don't really care how they got up there. I've always used my brain and merit. I just don't want her to suck when she gets up there. And so, yeah. you know, as the vice president, she, what has she done, Brianna? Do you, do you know of anything significant? Well, Allie, they always say you have to start from the bottom to get to the top. Oh, that was bad. Um, but <laughs> sorry. Uh, but right. honestly, I listen, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm like, this is where I'm at right now, right? Like, I, I don't want to see Joe Biden doing anything. I don't want to see Kamala Harris doing anything because they're more destructive when they are in active mode. And so ultimately, like, I'm okay with them not doing anything. I'm cool with that. Uh, but do I want to see her as president? Not really. She's an embarrassment. She also has that, like, nasty cackle that we'd all have to listen to all the time. Um, so it's good that she's VP because right now they just kind of shuffle her off on the side because she's not intelligent enough to be able to address the American people. And and so I'm, I'm kind of a fan with her just keeping her VP role. But how do you think this plays into the presidential election? Because ultimately, I think people at the White House are putting Joe Biden and his and his you know cognitive issues out there for the world to see because they don't want him running for re-election in 2024, obviously. So do you think that this whole thing shifts and they run Kamala as the main person on their ticket this year? I mean, that would be a tragedy from a strategy standpoint. I don't see Kamala moving up at all anymore. I think she's going to quietly go away. I think they're going to try to find somebody else. I believe the Democrats are scrambling. They're still trying to, you know, say there's gaffes and Trump had some and Biden has some and we all have some. And and while that is true, we can gaff. This is a cognitive issue. This is this is almost elder abuse in my eyes. And I don't think that Kamala has the the intelligence or the experience to take on the problems and the issues in the country. And I just don't know who they're going to put up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, people float all different names around there. Michelle Obama is obviously one of them because she doesn't really have a political background. And so they think that's safe. But ultimately, we all know that would be Barack running everything as it is now. And so, 
it's it's scary. It really is. I don't know if the Republican Party and the RNC or any of these you know groups are really prepared for what's going to come and take place because ultimately uh, there's going to be a last minute change. I cannot imagine that they keep Biden on the ticket until November. It just seems like it's destructive unless honestly they're just so confident in the steal that that's what they do. So Ali, I want to bring your attention to this political article because ultimately political saying that Joe Biden is secretly frustrated with his attorney general, uh, Merrick Garland, ultimately saying to aides and advisors that he should have started prosecuting President Donald Trump sooner in the election interference case, because if he would have done so, a trial may have already happened and might be underway or might have concluded. It's ultimately, this is what political is reporting. It's quite interesting, right? Because when you sit there and you talk to these people in the White House, they pretend like they don't have their hands on any of this. But they're ultimately admitting behind closed doors that the attorney general should have started sooner because he would have been able to interfere in the election. What's your biggest takeaway from this political reporting? I mean, talk about a new take on the biggest loser. Yeah. I, you know, you can't do it on your own merit. So we're going to now, you know, go after our political um, uh, adversaries or rather our opponents. And it's, he knows he can't win on his, his record at all. And so now we're gonna just, you know, go in and try to sue everyone or arrest everyone, throw them in jail, and that's the way. I mean, this is this is beyond Banana Republic. It's it's Venezuela. Yeah, yeah, it, it's disturbing to see their strategy, and we talk about it quite often on the show. Ultimately, what they do is is they are trying to go after President Donald Trump at every every avenue. Uh, ultimately, civil court, like you said, criminal court. And they pretend like their hands aren't on any of this, but we've mapped it out previously for our audience between the Fulton, Fulton County criminal case, you know, the special prosecutors personally meeting with the members of the White House. We see it. We have the records. And then when it comes to the civil cases, you know, we have the New York Attorney General, Tish James. She's also making visits to the White House and she's also going after the president. And it just it, it keeps happening. There's all these cases that are linked to the White House, but they're pretending like it's not and there's not an issue here. I want to bring up uh, Fulton County again, because I think this is interesting. So ultimately, as we've spoken about before, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, many of you guys know her. She's the one who brought in the private citizen who is now her uh, legally married boyfriend uh, <laughs> into becoming the special prosecutor. She's funneled over $600,000 to her special prosecutor, legally married boyfriend, and ultimately is going after President Donald J. Trump. Well, it looks like she might have an issue coming on her own front lawn. And ultimately, it's whistleblowers from her own office who are willing to come and testify against her. Ultimately, what they want to talk about is potentially the misuse of federal grants. And according to Fox, they have whistleblowers who are multiple whistleblowers from her office who have expressed eagerness to testify against her and to bring up these issues because this is a common issue. We heard recordings where she actually fired some woman who stepped up to the front plate who was talking to her about uh, the misuse of federal grants going towards things like that weren't supposed to go towards it, like buying laptops and buying other devices. But again, the grant was specific. It was not supposed to be used towards those purchases. And Fannie Willis, instead of thanking the girl for coming forward and reporting this, she actually fired her, according to reports. So Allie, I mean, how does this case in Fulton County continue to carry on when we have a Republican governor, we have a Republican attorney general in the state of Georgia, and all of them are just sitting here pretending like they're not going to interfere in any of this and act like they don't have a hand in this. I mean, what the heck is going on in Fulton County? Well, first, she allegedly is looking at how the vice president, maybe she's ultimately trying to get a VP bid. 
Mm. I mean, her boyfriend, you never know. But uh, <laughs> also Governor Kemp, I'm not so sure we, I mean, he has an R on his name. I, I, yeah. I mean, see a strong Republican stance that he's made in recent or, you know, in the last several years. So it, it is disheartening that we as Republicans can't all get on the same page seemingly like the Democrats do. You know, mm -hmm. everybody rushed to President Biden's um, defense over the weekend um, to tell him that, you know, he has no cognitive issues. Republicans would just each other over, you know, over <laughs> spilled milk. So I think that she didn't think she was gonna get caught, ultimately. I think that she thinks that it is more important to fight President Donald J. Trump than it is on the way she's doing it or her ethics. Yeah, it's interesting because ultimately, yeah, both of them have a privilege. Uh, Democrats, just you in this country. It never, it, it's never shocking to me when they think that they could get away with these types of crimes, allegedly. Of course, we should throw out there. But yeah. ultimately, there's, there's only so much you could ignore. And she needs to be reported to the bar. There needs to be internal investigations. I know over the weekend also we discussed about how U.S. Marshals had to actually go after her to serve her because – you know, members in Congress want answers for those federal grants as well. And so she was trying to dodge getting subpoenaed and U.S. Marshals had to intervene and serve her. So she knows that she's in, in deep water here. And we'll see Republicans. I like some. I don't like them all. But I also don't trust them, too. And I just kind of like, are you going to actually see accountability here where she's held, you know, equally to the law as President Donald Trump is allegedly being, you know, held against? I mean, I don't think. President Trump committed any crimes. Let me just be clear about that. But, you know, they continue to say that no one's above the law. And yet these people are running a crime scheme in Fulton County. And there seems to be zero accountability. Uh, and speaking and of strategy. Sorry, go. Sorry. There you go. As you previously mentioned, they're acting like they're not doing anything wrong, except yeah. their words and their, you know, their language, their body language aren't adding up. You know, you know, you mentioned New York. She was there proud of everything she's doing against um, President Donald J. Trump. Um, Miss Willis doesn't seem like she is doing anything wrong while she's gallivanting, allegedly gallivanting on the taxpayer's dollars. And, mm -hmm. you know, wasteful spending is one thing. Doing it for personal, unethical reasons is a whole nother. And she needs to be, you know, pr probably put in jail. I believe that's an 18 USC, which is criminal code. You can't spend yeah. dollars for your personal use. So, yeah, well, she's trying to, and it was interesting too, right? So these two won't, both Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade won't confirm when they started dating. And so they gave us a date, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem to match the records that they have, especially because Nathan Wade was going through a divorce. And a lot of these records were turned over by his, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's official ex-wife yet, but she was handing over, and a lot of you will recall the credit card records. So he says, oh, no, no, no. Whenever we went somewhere, Fannie paid her own expenses. But his credit card records, his business records show that he booked flights in her name for American Airlines. And it's, oh, we have Duncan, you are the best producer. He pulled it up so quick. Nice. <laughs> These are, yeah, yeah, that was a great one, Duncan. These are the records I was just referring to. As you see, the highlighted part where there's $477 that was billed towards his credit, to, to his credit card, his company card was for a woman named Fanny Willis. Now, also let me remember, guys, he's billing. So he's billing. Georgia taxpayers for his special prosecuting abilities. And so ultimately, if he's using 
those same taxpayer dollars to help pay for her expenses for the to go on vacations. Heck yeah, that's a crime. And uh, it's pretty obvious that what's going on here, whether or not Republicans or people who actually care for the law, but it shouldn't even be a political issue. It should be people who actually care for the law and care to uphold uh, any type of accountability for Georgia taxpayers too. I mean, this is ridiculous. And so the evidence is overwhelming. And for some reason, when I reach out, I, I can't seem to get a comment from anyone. So it's Shocking. interesting. Shocking. I know. And you know, it's sad because this shouldn't be a Republican or a Democrat thing. This should be yeah. a, that you absolutely don't do this thing. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. They're, they have record. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, he settled his divorce pretty quickly when those credit card receipts came out. And so I think there's a lot more he's hiding in it. So we'll see. We'll see. Cause he, that was, a, that was a nasty divorce going on for quite some time. So all of a sudden, once she started pulling out the receipts, which would hold them criminally accountable, uh, they all quickly settled that one out of court. But we'll continue to follow it because I think it's a great story to keep following. Uh, I want to also bring up something else that happened over the weekend. Vivek Ramaswamy, as you guys might recall, he was the Republican uh, presidential candidate. He's one of the many. He bowed out. Now he's being seen at Mar-a-Lago, and he's doing quite the entrance these days. As you can see, look at him. This is very gives me very uh, vice president vibes, him and his wife walking in with Melania and President Donald Trump. And it just feels like this is potentially a VP that they're trying to float out there for the American people. Uh, Allie, you've you've met with the president a couple of times. You guys are, I wouldn't say good pals. I'd say great pals. <laughs> he knows he knows Allie Thomas by now. I won't, but we won't name drop. I'll do it for you. But ultimately, Allie, gosh, I got so excited. Allie, tell us a little bit about this. Are you thinking Vivek is going to be on the ticket with the president? Or is this just a eh, floating to see how the American people feel about this type of thing? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely could see him on the shortlist. You know, I still am a huge fan of Byron Donalds as the pick. I'm glad that they're not just picking any woman. I, I don't need another <laughs> Palin or Kamala Harris on our on tickets. Um, I, I don't believe that, you know, politics is shooting lightning in a bottle. So it shouldn't be my turn or a woman's turn or a, a person's race as a, as a turn. It should be the best person for the job. And I do like Vivek for it, but I'm still partial to uh, Representative Donalds. But I like the fact that he has a lot of pool, that Vivek has a lot of pool in the country. And I think that that's who we need. We need somebody that can um, appeal to some more independent side voters or leaning voters. And I think Vivek has that. I also think Byron Donalds has that as well. So I'm interested to see if he's really on the short list. I believe he is. I don't know. You know, that's that's my best guess, by the way. I don't know any. But I appreciate it. How, what are your thoughts? You seemed pretty excited when you saw the tweet yesterday. I know. I just threw my pen, actually. I was very excited. Um, I like Vivek. I do. Uh, he's got an extensive business background. I kind of like businessmen running our country just because – they, we seem so far to have a pretty good record with that. I'm not a fan of politicians. And so ultimately, I like that kind of thing. I know a lot of people are a little nervous about Vivek. I haven't actually seen a reason to be nervous with him personally. You know, during my time at Fox, I booked him quite often on a lot of the shows. And he was always, you know, very eager to do media, uh, put his face out there. I haven't really seen anything negative. I mean, I briefly met him over at CPAC. He was uh, polite. He was very nice, very kind. And he also, what I like about him, right? So one of my my things that I really do like about him, this is just, just from a journalist standpoint, 
So a lot of the times, a lot of these politicians or people who feel like they're so big, they like to skip over certain media outlets, independent journalists as well. But he will actually sit down with anyone and take an interview with you and, and give you an honest, fair shake. And so I appreciate that. And I think that's the reason why he'd be critical for President Donald Trump, because he could do the media. He could he could push back when he has to. And he also doesn't think he's above during, doing certain media outlets and doing interviews and stuff. So for me, that's, a, that's something that I truly do favor, because I think you need to be able to reach every platform. And I don't know if President Trump's going to be able to do every single show. So I think this would be a good pairing between the two of them because if the president can't make something, then he could do it. And so I think heading into November, that would be a nice little pairing. Byron Donalds, yeah, I do like Byron as well. Uh, Byron might have a little bit more of a pushback, though, based on his background. Um, I, I know I like him personally, but the background itself, they might be more points that they could hit with him with them with Vivek. So um, it's a very intense process to pick the vice president. I mean, there's vetting yeah. there, there's interviews, there's background mm -hmm. checks. And, and I mean, I can understand where Vivek looks great. I also think he's a great order. And one of the things that I think makes people nervous is his cadence is similar to former president Barack Obama. And so mm -hmm. I'm not comparing the two other than how how charismatic he is and how comfortable he is um in on in front of the microphone and in in a stage uh i really appreciated when he was in iowa and uh a young man a young business owner was getting ready to take over his father's company and he had asked him uh some questions and vivek stopped with the politics and was answering his questions and giving some heartfelt advice. And I really did appreciate that. And the country was built um, and designed as a business. It should be run like a business. So I agree with you on the tendency of, of siding with a businessman or a woman to, to run the country. Yeah. Yeah. I like when people make, you know, business, business solutions to things rather than emotional decisions. Uh, it seems, I think Especially it's favorable for football. What was that? I said, especially when, because they have the nuclear football. This should not be <laughs> emotional at all. Yeah, it hasn't worked well for us. It hasn't worked well. Before we go, Allie, I want to bring up one uh, clip that I found on the internet today because it's it's very interesting in Massachusetts. Obviously, you know, the bleeding liberals over there, they have been swarmed with illegals because, you know, Texas is sending them over to Boston and ultimately rightfully so because this is the policy they're voting for. So they should have to deal with the influx directly. But, you know, in Massachusetts, they're trying to like tell average Americans to open up your homes to these migrants and these illegals and let them into your home, let them live with your family for however long, let them claim residency in your home so they never get to leave. Let them, and if you, if you looked at a lot of these uh, videos and photos, by the way, especially in New York City, when they leave the hotels that they're being, you know, given to stay at, they destroy it. So it's an interesting argument, I, but the media is also helping in this. The media is giving great coverage and trying to influence Americans in Massachusetts to open up their homes to these illegals. Let's play a clip because I think it's a great PR claim for a kind of like a campaign, I guess I should say, for uh, illegal immigrants looking to get free housing here in the United States. Take a listen. Ellen and Jessica Stokes called the state to sign up to be a host family. It took less than an hour for the displaced migrants to be dropped off at their door. I got to get sheets on the bed. How many people are coming? Right. Where, are they, where are they from? What ages? We, knew, we really knew nothing. The need is so clearly uh, overwhelming. The family of four who didn't want to go on camera had been sleeping at Logan Airport. The parents and two kids journeyed from Chile to Texas, then Massachusetts. And there are so many stories like it. It's boggles the mind that there are so many hundreds of those stories.
Yeah, it's not really boggling the mind. You shouldn't be here in the first place. But Allie, what do you think they're doing here? Because when they're giving these fluffy PR pieces like this, there seems to be some strategy involved here. And it's to make more Americans, in my eyes, to make more Americans open up their homes willingly. But ultimately, at some point, this might not be a willing process. They might actually start mandating Americans to open up their homes, their spare rooms to these illegals. What's your takeaway from all of this? I mean, she was excited because she needed to put sheets on the bed as if it was like my children or my grandchildren are coming over for the weekend. It's stunning to me. You know, Bostonians like to say wicked smart. It doesn't seem very wicked smart to me. So, (laughs) you know, in my worst Bostonian accent. But uh, I think that while the president is on Super Bowl Sunday trying to blame American companies for their packaging and shrinkflation, not take any credit for it, I don't know how many Americans are going to be able to house them anyway. We are in terrible economic uh, place right now. So I don't know. Perhaps the federal government's going to try to pay them to take them in. That's yeah. something. To- yeah, and they're probably going to get squatter rights too at that point, and they're not going to leave. Ultimately, like they've got most of these these migrants have nowhere to go. They're just coming here to mooch off the government. I know a lot of them pretend like they're not, but you know we see it in New York City all the time. Only, and I know this isn't every case, but you know the Venezuelan migrants who migrated to New York City. There's over 150,000 of them, and when they were granted work permits, only two percent of them have so far applied, according to the New York Post. And so ultimately, yeah, a lot of them are here for the free incentives. And I don't blame them. I mean, if you come from a country where you don't have those free incentives, where you don't have much in the way of work opportunities, and you see something like the United States is doing right now, where they're promoting illegal migration through those incentives, heck yeah, you pick up and you go. So I don't necessarily blame them for it. I blame our politicians for railroading all of us into this crisis. But it's all intentional, as many of us know. Allie, Thomas, thank you for jumping on with us today. We greatly appreciate it. I can't stop bragging about how my quality of sleep has completely changed since I've switched over to my pillow Giza bed sheets. These sheets are incredible and you have to try them yourself. They're soft, they're thick, it's just a better quality of sleep and I am thrilled to tell everyone about it. I can't stop talking about it. These new sheets are incredible. So if you're interested in improving your sleep, you gotta head over to mypillow.com and if you're looking to secure up to 66% off, you gotta use promo code Brianna. That's promo code B-R-E-A-N-N-A. That's B-R-E-A-N-N-A. And you can only get it over at mypillow.com. So if you're looking to improve your sleep, make sure you use promo code Brianna to secure your 60% off at mypillow.com. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The MyPillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, MyPillow 2.0. When I invented MyPillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. MyPillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature-regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. 
And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.